0: I'm Will, and this is my wife, Dallas. Hi! Welcome to another special episode of Not the Beginning, where I'll be reading a romance novel while Dallas takes a little break in between books of the Wheel of Time. Warning, this podcast will not be suitable for younger audiences, and will contain spoilers.
1: I almost feel bad that she's frustrated, until I remind myself that she didn't give either Aiden or me a chance the other night to set the record straight. Not that I really would have been able to. Not that she knows that. If I were Willa... As desperate for those notes as Aiden told me she is, I would have calmed down enough to hear out my professor. I'd have been sensible enough to realize that was the only way I could get to the bottom of what was going on, and get what I needed. But I'm a practical, level-headed person. Willa Sutter clearly is not. If her hot-headed temper keeps her making shitty assumptions and seeing the worst in a person, that's her problem, not mine. On this episode of Not the Beginning we will be diving in and discussing Only When It's Us, the first book in Chloe Lise's adult romance series, The Bergman Brothers. So if you have not read Only When It's Us, either pause here and go to read it, or please proceed with caution. Today's summary will be taken from the back of the book itself. Writer. Ever since she sat next to me in class and gave me death eyes, Willa Sutter has been on my shit list. Why she hates me, I don't know. What I do know is that Willa is the kind of chaos I don't need in my tidy life. She's the next generation of women's soccer. Wild hair, wilder eyes, beast stung lips that should be illegal, and a temper that makes the devil seem friendly. She's a thorn in my side, a menacing, cantankerous pain in the ass who's turned our business mathematics course into a goddamn gladiator arena. I'll leave this war zone unscathed, coming out on top, and if I have my way with that crazy-haired, ball-busting hellion, that will be in more than one sense of the word. Willa. Rather than give me the lecture notes I miss like every other instructor I've had, my asshole professor tells me to get them from the silent, surly, flannel-wearing mountain man sitting next to me in class. Well, I tried. And what did I get from Ryder Bergman? Ignored. What a complete, lumbersexual Neanderthal, Mangy beard and mangier hair. Frayed ball cap that hides his eyes. And a stubborn refusal to acknowledge my existence. I've battled men before, but with Ryder, it's war. I'll get those notes and crack that Sasquatch nut, if it's the last thing I do. Then I'll have him at my mercy. Victory will have never tasted so sweet. Only When It's Us is a frenemies-to-lovers college sports romance about a woman's soccer star and her surly lumberjack lookalike alike classmate, complete with a matchmaking professor, juvenile pranks, and a smoking slow burn. This standalone is the first in a series of new novels about a Swedish-American family of five brothers, two sisters, and their wild adventures as they find happily ever after.
0: I need to start this with how god-awful is the back of this book written? (laughs) Sasquatch nut? I almost lost it. That's awful.
1: It makes me laugh. I think that's the point.
0: Chloe Lee's did not write the back. There's no way.
1: She is. She's a self-published author. She okay. Had to. So she definitely
0: did, and she definitely needs to get better at it.
1: <laughs> it is her first book. She's written four more after this. Well, it's not okay. her first book. She did publish. Late, okay, but. it's the first
0: one of the series, though.
1: But also, like, yes, it's not necessarily well written as a back of the book, but it does do its job. Two because... words:
0: Sasquatch nut. <laughs> crack. That sasquash nut
1: is so bad. It's so
0: bad. If I saw that on the back of the book before reading it, I would not want to read it anymore.
1: (laughs) Okay, but did it do its job in the fact that that's exactly how Willa talks in the entire book? It is. So it did its job. It tells you exactly what you need to know about this book.
0: I guess. (laughs) But if I read that on the back of the book, not that I would have picked this book up independently of the podcast anyway. Yeah. I would not have wanted to read it because it has the phrase crack that sasquatch nut in it no <laughs> uh uh-uh.
1: she's got to crack that
0: sasquatch uh it's <laughs> awful it's so bad it's so bad also i feel like for a college sports romance there's very little college sports involved like yes she's a, she's a soccer player and it's a, it's kind of a major plot point but like very little of it is actually about her being a college soccer player?
1: Par for the course in sports romance. Guess, I guess it is a
0: romance book it's first. It's a romance
1: book first. It's just a sports romance in that like one of them plays sports. The hockey romances mm-hmm. that I usually read, there's like one hockey scene. I
0: think both Hockey players? No. Oh, okay. Then maybe I'm just misunderstanding the genre.
1: <laughs> that's quite possible. That's, that's, I mean, there I've, are... This,
0: we've done, this is the third one of these we're doing now. It's going to be a theme where I just don't understand the romance genre.
1: I mean, there are hockey romances out there. This is a
0: gay hockey romance.
1: That's the gay hockey romances.
0: Okay. Maybe I'll need to read one of those at some point. So that I
1: need to read one of those at some oh, point. Oh, you that's, haven't read one?
0: Well, how have you not read one?
1: Well, I mean, I have, but it's fan so Oh. And I'm not having you read Wolfstar fan I'm fiction. not reading
0: fan fiction <laughs> for the podcast. Yet, <laughs> maybe at some point
1: it would be Wheel not of Time
0: fanfiction, though.
1: Yeah, it could be
0: other things, though. Let's not rule it out.
1: Let's, let's not rule it out. But probably that's not high it would up be Wheel list. of Time
0: fanfiction. The problem with doing Wheel of Time fanfiction, and. This is not currently a Wheel of Time podcast, but the problem with doing Wheel of Time fanfiction is that you haven't read far enough into the series to read Wheel of Time fanfiction.
1: Yes, this would be after I've read Wheel of Time, okay. and maybe we do, like, a episode Wheel of Time Okay. after I've read enough. Okay. But I am not having you read the fan. No. That is, we are, we are ruling that out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. That's, yeah, that's fine. So let's talk about this book. Yes. Only when it's us which I don't know if I like it or not.
1: That's fair. I have
0: kind of a patchwork of strong feelings about it, so it's either I like it or I don't like it.
1: I do as well. I it, do want to get a, a th-
0: response out of me. <laughs>
1: I do want to make a note before we start into our discussion. There is a revised Nixon of this book that adjusts how writers' deafness is handled. I don't have that version, and so we have not read that version for this podcast, just sure. as a as a disclaimer out there for those of you who may have read the updated and expanded version and you get confused. That is why.
0: Sure. But yeah. Yeah. This I'm... I
1: had mixed feelings about this book when I read it too. It's not my favorite of these and if you weren't a person that needed to read the series in order, I probably wouldn't have had you read it.
0: This is the discussion we had beforehand where it was like, I don't think you're going to like the first book as much as you will the second. Can you just read the second? like, no, and especially not for the podcast, where we're reading The Wheel of Time in order. Yes,
1: but these are standalones that just happen to have shared characters. They're a
0: series. Would I have... Thought any of the characters were any less asshole? It had I read the second book.
1: I wouldn't have had you read this one at all.
0: You wouldn't have had. Oh, okay.
1: I would have just had you read two, four, and five because I don't know how you're gonna feel about three. You might like three. Three is also not one of my favorites, and we'll get into. From
0: what I understand about the characters in three, I might not like the third book either. Yeah, it's got one of the the sharpest assholes.
1: Yes. So everyone's probably confused.
0: (laughs) We'll get to it. We'll
1: get to it. But yeah, I had. Mixed feelings about this one when I first read it Overall I still really enjoyed it This whole series is one of my favorite series I love the I think I
0: enjoyed it too
1: I love the interaction between the Birdman. I like all of the glimpses and
0: yeah, one thing get
1: future characters that, that we I get to meet. that I picked up
0: on, I don't know if it was, I don't know how early in it I picked up on it, but it does feel like she wrote this intending to write a series. Yeah. And so it feels like it sits in a series.
1: Yeah, she did. And so, yeah. I,
0: I think I enjoyed that a lot because I don't typically read standalone stuff. I read yeah. things that have much, much, much longer to develop characters and plot lines and what's going on.
1: And that might be a reason you might actually like the third book, which follows Aiden, who is a character. Yeah, He is the asshole professor yeah, so that he Willa is, talks about. He's not
0: wrong. He's just an asshole.
1: <laughs> he is an asshole. And you, it takes a lot of work in book which focuses on his wife, Freya to kind of redeem him from the ass you get in the first book but because you like series you did get to meet him in one book you'll see him act throughout the second book a little bit and then you'll get his book and you see that with a lot of the characters as well like when i finally got to read oliver's story in book five i was very because i'd been in i'd been seeing him through at least four of the other books so yes i finally get this story yeah totally and she does set up that really I, I easily. I can
0: tell, like, when it got to about the halfway mark, it did feel like she hit the brakes on the Ryder and Willa stuff and started to sow seeds for future plot lines. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was necessarily bad. It was a little, it, it led to some, like, weird pacing things where, like, it felt like it was going at a, at a specific pace, not terribly fast, but not also that slow for the first Half and then the like third quarter comes along, and it's like all this like setup stuff to kind of get around what I think are just straight character issues and also to set up. Yeah. She gets to the halfway mark, and that's about where Ryder puts in his hearing aid. Yes. And It just becomes this, like, super juvenile thing of, like, they're just not talking to each other. Like, they're not sharing things that they know that they should be sharing.
1: This book does have a miscommunication trope
0: Uh, throughout. And I know, I know I read The Wheel of... It's a big fucking thing in The Wheel of Time. But it does frustrate me.
1: It frustrates me as well. This one, it's done a little bit better. Because you can kind of understand... Yeah. These are big topics to talk about. and you're. Like, I
0: understood Willa's. I did not understand Ryder's at all.
1: It's coping with him be- becoming deaf later in life. So Ryder is deaf. He became deaf about two years before the events of this book. Right. So that's a big shift. And I think...
0: Yeah, I, I, I understand it. But the way it was written, it, it didn't seem like he did a good job justifying it even to himself. And so it was like, come on, man. That's
1: fair. And I think Get your shit
0: together and then don't also you know what you're doing, don't tease her for what you're doing.
1: That's yeah, I can see that.
0: The the like through line in this book for me is everybody's kind of an asshole. Except for potentially Elon, the mom, but that's because her only role in this book is to support other people.
1: That is generally her role throughout all of the books. I do love Elin and she's like the great Swedish mom.
0: Yeah, like there's a scene at the end with her and Willa where she's like, no matter what happens, you're still, you're a good person. Yeah. Like, even if you and Ryder don't work out, you're a good person, you'll do good things. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt nice. Yeah. Like, it was a very, like, blunt but honest in, the good, in a good way.
1: And that's just, that's why I love just the Bergmans in general. This series is like a warm hug to me, and okay. that's part of why I wanted you to read it.
0: Sure. Because... I don't just... know why you're describing it as a warm hug when Willa's mom dies. <laughs>
1: I said the series as a whole. It feels like a warm hug.
0: Okay. Is this one of those blankets that has, like, weird sharp bits in it? It's like a wool blanket. You put it on and be, sometimes it's weirdly itchy.
1: I just want to be adopted by the Bergmans, okay? Okay.
0: That's fair. They do seem to do their fair share of adopting people.
1: They do, and I love it, and I want to be one of them.
0: All of the children are biological, but the dad brings Willa's mom into his house yeah. to, like, live out the, her, her final days. Right. We should probably go through the plot of the book.
1: (laughs) We should. We're
0: 10 minutes into actually talking about this, and we have not described the plot at all.
1: Okay, I can go through just like a quick, quick plot. It's a romance. Quick and dirty plot. It's a romance
0: book. There's not a ton of it.
1: There's not a whole lot that, like, we'll get to the bigger moments, but basically... Willa and Ryder are in this business class together.
0: Business mathematics. Business I mathematics. Still, I doubt that that's real. I know it probably is, but I doubt it.
1: I'm pretty sure it's real. So they're in a business mathematics class together, and Willa's a, an athlete, so she misses class a lot. And Aiden, the professor, who was also... Ryder's brother-in-law, is an asshole and doesn't give her the notes. Because he's she not didn't, wrong. He's not wrong, but he's just doing it in an asshole way. Like, she didn't ask for the notes in, ahead of time, which she should. That is that is her role as a student-athlete, but
0: and she he, also he, hasn't... He also kind of admits early on that, like, if she had just asked up front, he probably would have given them.
1: But she didn't because she doesn't usually have to. Just her her teachers are like, oh, you're an athlete. Here, have have some notes, which kind of, like maybe you shouldn't do that. Right. Because he is right.
0: He's right. He's just an asshole. He's just an
1: asshole. So he's like, you can get them from Ryder, who, because he's deaf, has a disability accommodation, and he, therefore, gets the notes. He did ask for them because he has a disability accommodation. She doesn't know that.
0: Aiden does not tell this to Willa, though.
1: No, No, he does not. And so thus begins
0: oh my god let's let's take a break right here to talk about how frustrating i found this part because for the first third of the book she's basically pissed at Ryder for not giving her the notes and what does she never do ask for the notes now we know that that wouldn't have worked very well because he's deaf but she never she just kind of like sits next to him and glares at him and wonders why he's not doing the thing she never asked him to do
1: she at first she's more mad that he's just not even acknowledging our presence and then
0: but she just never even says hi or asks for anything she's not he's she's not giving him anything to acknowledge
1: no and she does realize later when she's like when he's like I'm deaf and she's like oh I'm an asshole (laughs) she's She's asshole. not an asshole
0: for that. She's an asshole for not introducing herself.
1: And she realizes that she's at least a self aware asshole. But sort any, of. sort of. As self-aware as it, it redeems it a little bit. So they, you know, go back and forth and they're very they're they're childish. They're more frenemies because they don't outright hate each other, and they do have yeah. to end up working together because Aiden, who isn't wrong but is an asshole, forces them to work together on this project because He's... He forced them to
0: work together all semester.
1: All semester on this project. That's
0: just straight up wrong.
1: That's just, I mean, he has to pair them with someone. Does he? It's,
0: but... a, it's a college class. He can do it what he wants. He doesn't have to pair them. And his excuse of in the real world, you have to collaborate with people as weak as shit.
1: I mean, he always does this in his classes. He doesn't make It's up, not an exception. It doesn't make... He doesn't make up this project just to force Willa and Ryder to get along. Right. But he does pair them to force them to get along. And he's also trying to force Ryder to kind of get over his, get over his deafness
0: is yeah. kind of how it
1: comes across, which is an asshole move.
0: Yeah. That bit, I think, is... I, I don't know if it's the writing or if it's the character, but that bit is, one, not great. We can acknowledge that. But, I think what I kind of got out of that was that Aiden was trying to convince Ryder because Ryder also can't talk he, he part of him going deaf screwed up his like auditory and verbal processing,
1: which processes
0: which happens
1: and it's not necessarily that he can't talk like physically, he can physically speak right because he does later. It's just if you went deaf and now you can't hear yourself speak. Understandably, right? You wouldn't you would be like overcome with a self consciousness, right?
0: And the but the other thing that he does is he doesn't sign. He relies on his phone. Yeah. Uh, and I what I kind of got from Aiden was that Aiden was trying to get Ryder to either try and go down the hearing aid cochlear implant process and l- you know, relearn how to and speak, learning how to speak, right? Or you know accept that he's deaf and sign. And, like, Like, he's pushing him to do that, which is not great. But the, like, core of it is that Ryder's dysfunctional, and he's not getting out of the dysfunction on his own, and that's causing him to kind of languish as a student, as a person, and, like, he's just losing communication skills.
1: Right, because there's this whole thing of that... Writer goes on in the book, he's lost touch with a lot of his siblings because of this, except for right. Ren. <laughs> I love Ren. <laughs> but yeah, it's he is he's stuck. Yeah. He's stagnant. And Aiden's trying to force him out of it, going about it wrong. Yeah. And it's a little bit ableist and it's just,
0: he he's not necessarily wrong. He's he's not he may be wrong. I don't know if he is or isn't. I am not deaf. He's definitely an asshole.
1: He's definitely an asshole. He's not pur- he's not purposely being ableist because he's not a bad person but it and he it reads as ableist. Yeah. It it's an asshole move.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so they get paired off.
1: They get paired off. They have to work together on this project and so they're getting along for the sake of the project, but they're still poking at each other. Right. It's very much like it's interesting because she's not she doesn't have any siblings. She's an only child. He's the middle kid. So he, you know, if someone pokes, he's like she started it. I'm the middle child. I can do this all day. Right. <laughs> and so he just keeps poking back and they just keep escalating in this needling right. of each other, like putting too much cayenne in pasta, wearing shorts, which does not
0: shirts. make it spicy. He I goes know. on this tangent about how the how he was like putting on a brave face and not showing any reaction because she put a lot of cayenne pepper in it. And I'm just like, cayenne pepper's not that spicy.
1: Except it is. It's not
0: hot. It it's not is. Hot
1: and it definitely does cause some sort of gastrointestinal distress no
0: it you're you're just weak
1: <laughs> i also have an autoimmune disorder so <laughs> hold, hold there with your ableist nonsense
0: <laughs> cayenne pepper's not that hot.
1: It does cause problems though. But, you know, putting too much cayenne in pasta or wearing a low-cut shirt or
0: Yeah, it like, does it does a,
1: putting a whoopee cushion on their chair, which Are they
0: children? <laughs> he he fucking like pulls her hair in the middle of class, puts a whoopee cushion under her seat, and she like I mean this isn't like a a childish thing to do, but she wears some very revealing stuff in the middle of class. And like...
1: Just to get a rise out of him. Just to get a
0: rise out of him. And that one's not particularly childish, because please, God, no. But his stuff is like, why... Are you a child? Are you a seven-year-old child?
1: You have not met Oliver and Vigo really yet. But when you do, it will make sense, because this is the shit that Oliver and Vigo do.
0: they're children.
1: They're not. They're teenagers.
0: Okay, they're teenagers.
1: And Oliver pulls this shit in book five when he's like 25, so...
0: Is he a child? (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes. And they love it. But yeah, so they just keep pulling pranks. They have to get along. They spend time with each other. Stuff starts to escalate, which we'll, you know, talk about in more detail. But they start to bond. And then... Sort of. Sort of. It's frenemy bonding. Without
0: ever actually revealing anything about themselves.
1: Yeah, they don't reveal too much. They get to know each other in like the superficial way of like, you know, I like, mm, Right. you know, my mom makes Swedish meatballs and that type of stuff. Then Willa's mom is sick and has cancer. And we find out that Willa's mom and Ryder's dad have a connection. And they she doesn't know that it's Ryder's dad. But We find out.
0: We find out and then Ryder also finds out.
1: Yeah. He finds out that his dad is Willa's onco- mom's oncologist. Yeah. And they have a history going back to when they were both them. right which is part of the reason that Willa ends up moving into the Bergman. because yeah. he you know, he's mom. Will, yeah Willa's mom um that Willa's mom moves into the Bergmans house because you know staying in a is expensive and he wants to kind of repay her for saving
0: his life right eventually Willa finds out that Ryder knows
1: yeah she finds about out her, her that mom. He, one, got cochlear implants, which, again, does not happen in the revised version, so I don't know what happens there. Finds out that he got cochlear implants and can now hear. Finds out that now he can speak, because Willow's mom has been kind of forcing him to...
0: Also not great.
1: Also not great. We'll talk about that. Finds out he can speak. Finds out he know he knew about Willow's mom for a long time. Then Willow's mom dies. He goes, obviously, understandably through a depression. Yep.
0: Um, uh, it's not depression. It's grief.
1: It's grief. Yeah. They're different. Yeah, and very intense.
0: Yeah, what's well, her mom?
1: Yeah, very intense grief starts to pull out of it. Then they go to the A-frame, which I love. Every, the A-frame is in all the books. I appreciate. Okay. It's kind of just like a stag. It's like a loca It's a hallmark location of okay. the series. This A-frame. They in just in Washington.
0: They just fuck each other's brains out. Then for they like finally
1: a week. get together, and then you
0: say sl- get together, but slowly, and it's not that slow at this point. It's. It takes, like, 300 pages to get there. But once they're in the A-frame, it takes them, like, 10 pages.
1: To first have sex, but then, like, that, there's still, like, a good, like, 30 pages of them. Like, it's not, we weren't together and now we're an official, like, we love each other couple. The the admitting that they have feelings for each other is, like, a slower process than I'm used to in a romance novel. And that's one of the things that I like about this. Yeah. Is that it's not just, like, a bam, a love confession and now we're at the epilogue. It's, they get to the A-frame, they... Admit that they have feelings for each other. Yeah. And then they kind of slowly process those. Yeah. Until they admit that they're f- and yeah. acknowledge that they were. And because they've got stuff to process and deal with, and they've yeah. got to actually open up to each other, not yes. just know that she likes right and soccer, but he, she doesn't know what happened to make him deaf and right all of these things. So that's the not subplot. plot. It wasn't very long, it wasn't very long, but
0: no, but it's a romance book. The plot is kinda secondary almost.
1: Yeah, I mean there's big plot points, but generally the pattern of romance novels they some some major points happen and then they get together and then yeah, they arise a
0: yeah. so there are a few other that we, we kinda hit on a lot of stuff really early. Really fast. I, one thing throughout the whole book is that... You did
1: actually, I, one of the things that you said as you were reading that I appreciated is like, is the whole point of this book snark and banter? Yeah. And yes, that's, that's, if you were going to like use a couple words to describe just the entire series. Snark and banter. Snark and banter. Great.
0: I, I did, I mean, like I, I'm a fan of snark. I'm a fan of banter. So it wasn't lost on me. It was sometimes a little too much.
1: It That's more of these characters.
0: I've f- kind of figured, based on everybody else, but sometimes it felt like they were bantering too long. Like, it felt like they, they you know, kind of got the point across. They're bantering because they had their guards up. Yeah. But then the scene would go on for like five more pages and it's just five more pages of inane banter that means nothing. That's fair. And I'm like, okay, we could have just ended. We could have ended the scene.
1: That's interesting because usually you keep, usually in the two romance novels, so there hasn't been enough of a pattern established. But I'm establishing a pattern based on very little evidence. You're... You want more from these scenes. You're like, I want them to be a little bit longer.
0: I and so it's interesting
1: that now you're like, I could have used a, like, a couple less pages from this
0: book. I think the difference here is kind of what I hit on at the beginning, where this was meant to be part of a series. And so there's other stuff that the spotlight could be on instead of five more pages of banter that we already know the result. Okay. Like, she gets the point across well in the bantering scenes and they work really well until they kind they like reach a point in every single one of them where they have a pause in the banter and then they talk about something that's like real adjacent and then they go back to, to banter again. And you don't need to do that if the next time you see them, they're bantering again.
1: That's fair. Because
0: the point is that like okay they They banter until they are comfortable with each other enough to let their guards down. They let their guards down, they start to open up a little bit, and then they go back to being guarded again. You don't need to do the go back to being guarded again if the next time we see them, their guards are already back up.
1: See, I feel like sometimes you kind of need that, especially in that one scene. Because if then the the next time you see them, you're like, oh, but you guys just let your guard down. Oh, we didn't see the guard going back up. Sometimes,
0: yes. Not every time.
1: That's fair. Because
0: it basi- until the end, when they're at the A-frame, it basically happens every single time. Yeah. The only exceptions, I think, really are after Willa loses the soccer game.
1: That's the where first there really moment isn't that any... they're actually really real with each other.
0: Well, um, there is some uh, fingering action.
1: Yes, there is. There.
0: Um, but there really isn't any banter to start there.
1: No, he goes over and doesn't even start with the bantering, neither does she. She's right. just like, why are you here? Along the yeah, it's nice. He's yeah. got
0: some, like, emotional maturity going on.
1: It's hurt comfort in the best way. I love a good, you're upset, so I show up at your door with your favorite snacks. scene.
0: And then it. bring you to orgasm and leave. That's yes. that's what happens. That's,
1: yeah, that's what Chocolate, that
0: alcohol, orgasm, leave. Yeah. That's it for that scene. <laughs> And then, like, right after that's when he gets his implants, right?
1: Yep. And then he like, gets his implants.
0: Like, the day, like, the morning after he gets his implants and is out for, like, three days.
1: Yeah, because he, he doesn't think he's going to be out that long. How so does that th- work in the revised edition? This is what I don't know. And I I need to get it and read it. I just completely spaced before we got yeah,
0: there. I've got, I have no idea how that would work in the revised edition. So
1: maybe we'll do an update.
0: Maybe. I, can, I, I don't, I doubt it, but I Maybe. Mean,
1: not an update where you reread it but maybe just an update of uh hey here's what actually okay because I'll probably read it again because
0: I think the rest of the book probably doesn't really need to change some of Aiden's stuff would need to change with the revision
1: I think not necessarily if he does if he ultimately decides not to get the cochlear implant that's still his choice but he's still pick I think he as long as he still like picks a direction and I think that's the main. that's yeah. Aiden's main just like you need to make a choice to do something you right. can't just keep Doing nothing, you have to do something in order to. You can't just keep yourself closed off for the world. Right. That's how I, and that's basically both of their feelings. Like, yeah. They have to show some sort of emotion.
0: Yeah, I, I think the only other thing that would maybe need to change would be the stuff with Willa's mom and Ryder reading to her.
1: Okay, we brought it up. <laughs> this is my least favorite part in the whole book.
0: Yeah, it's a little. It's a little weird. It because it does... she's
1: just like she's really mean about it. So he. He goes in, she needs a dresser moved, and so Mr. Bergman, Dr. Bergman... Alex. Alex, thank you, is like, well, I have, you know, a bum leg, so I need help moving this dresser.
0: Yeah. Um, he doesn't really have a bum leg so much as he has one and a half.
1: Yes, he has one and a half legs. <laughs> so he has, you know, a hard time moving some stuff, and it's a big dresser, so he's like, writer, come help. And I don't, I don't know if Willa's mom knows that Ryder is the angry lumberjack from the beginning, or if she figures it out halfway through. I don't know if she knows it when they meet, but Alex is Joy. This is my son. He's deaf. And the second Alex leaves the room, she's just like, talk. Yeah. <laughs> and like, forces him to start talking. Right. When he's clearly uncomfortable with it. And then she's like, he tries to pull out his phone and she's like, I can't see that well. I'm... Which, you said you're not sure if she's telling the truth or not. Yeah. I feel like she is, or, like, to a certain extent.
0: I have no idea.
1: Like, she has a heart. Like, if you're on that many drugs and you've had cancer for this long, you're clearly about to die.
0: Yeah. The only reason I'm not sure about it is because, like, we, we do get a very clear picture of where Willa gets it from. And that's absolutely some shit Willa would do.
1: Doesn't. And that's, I think, one of the... Parts about this that I do like is that the second Willa finds out that he's deaf, she's just like okay, and she, yeah, like, she
0: adjusts pretty seamlessly.
1: Yeah, she's like, I know a little bit of sign language. I'm totally cool talking on our laptops. She's like, fine. Right. I'm glad I know now. Sorry, I was an asshole about that part, but right. I'm and and she's like. I'm not going to be an asshole about that because that's ableist, but I'm still going to be an asshole to you for in general because you're a weird, closed-off lumberjack. Yes, <laughs> like she teases him and she ribs him and she right. whatnot, but it's never about the fact that he's deaf.
0: Right. She's just and it's like, also later on also never about the fact that he couldn't play soccer anymore. Right. Which I kind of feel like he maybe could have been able to play soccer. His but balance know... is off, oh, yeah, his balance is off.
1: He has because vertigo problems, which
0: one ear is significantly worse than like he basically has no hearing in one ear and
1: like twenty hearing. percent hearing in
0: the other. it's use his ear is usable with a hearing aid,
1: yeah.
0: He just doesn't like it. I think partially because he didn't put through the work to go to therapy.
1: And figure out the settings.
0: He didn't figure out the settings. He didn't figure out... Like, he basically had to like, has to, like relearn how to hear mm-hmm. out of it. So I think that's part of it. And maybe that's the route that uh, she goes down in the revision. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't read it. Neither have I. But either way, he basically... He doesn't like to use his hearing aid in his good ear.
1: Yeah. So, which makes sense. Right.
0: But anyway, so, so Willa never also teases him about... Not being able to play soccer, which makes sense because if she weren't able to play soccer, she would not be able to handle being teased about it.
1: Right. She knows. Granted,
0: Willa is definitely a character who can dish it but cannot take it. She had to go on a little bit of a tangent here. Not not a huge tangent. The first 30 pages of the book are dedicated to get, getting across the point that Willa is an angry person. She is a hothead. She loses her temper easily.
1: And this isn't and the first person. So she's like, that's why I say she's self-aware. Because she's describing herself as this
0: way. Yeah, and it's just like, okay, we get it. She's angry. And then for like the first half of the book, it's like, we get it. You get angry. You lose your temper. Chill out.
1: Just chill out. No, that's fair. She's not... All that likable. No. No. Just, like, I wasn't a huge fan of her, or really writer, when the first time I read it. The second time I listened to the audiobook, which did definitely help, I think. Okay. Like, listening to an audiobook, when you get, especially a first-person narration, yeah. you really get a feel for that character more.
0: I am generally not a huge
1: fan. That's fair. I am very hit or miss. I like it a lot of the time, but I also have, like, a love-hate with it. That's fair. It has to be really well done or done to the point that I kind of ignore that it's first person at that point. Fair. And Chloe Lee's does that a little bit.
0: Yeah, if this She's one's... more in
1: that camp of I forget that it's first person the longer of, I read. Yeah,
0: of the first person books I've read, I, I was able to ignore the first person narrative of this one the most, I think.
1: And it, that in comparison to another first person book that I read recently, The Court of Thorns and Roses, the first three books are in first person. Ugh. And it took almost an entire book for me to be like, this is not weird. Huh. Whereas
0: Fair.
1: with Chloe Lee's writing, it was like, it was because it was more emotion focused info dumping. Yeah. And you like, you don't really have an inner monologue that runs through your head. No. That's not a thing that you do. But I do. And I, I will frequently word vomit. And that's kind of why I like writing in first person, because then I just get to word vomit and it's totally part of the narration and I don't have to okay. worry about it. But
0: yeah I think on my end what I what I usually want out of a book is setting and so first person loses a lot of setting stuff in favor of a lot of like internal character stuff yeah that's fair because like I mean i I like the wheel of time for a reason mm-hmm. the setting is fantastic I also like the cosmere stuff because it's really good I have been reading or listening through the Lycanius trilogy which is similarly detailed in its world building yeah all really good
1: and you know that's why Partially, I had you read Wisteria Society as as your last one because it has more setting.
0: Yeah. I think that that maybe worked against it for me a little bit, where like I kind of wanted more out of the setting than I got.
1: So you would have rather had no setting than the amount of setting that you got? I think
0: so. I think after reading this book, I think so.
1: Because you like this you said you when we read Mysterious society you said you liked that mo- you just enjoyed it more than red white and royal blue but yeah. red white and royal blue was a better book yeah and, and i think sense I'm gonna, yeah, that, yeah i'm gonna flip that, that. I, I think
0: red white and royal blue is above wisteria society this is, i think is in the middle um not all that close either i think wisteria society has gone down further since i've read this
1: Okay, With the enemies to lovers.
0: It might be it might be the banter because the banter in Wisteria Society didn't really work.
1: It was it, absurd. It,
0: it was absurd and kind of forced.
1: And I think that's partially why I like it because it, it's yeah. just absurd and everything feels forced. So
0: yeah. I, and just kind of, I don't think it was bad.
1: It's just like a suspension of disbelief thing. Right.
0: And I am not great at that, despite my love of fantasy. It's why I, like, really detailed epic fantasy. That's fair. Because, like, I want the details for my brain to chew on in the background. And in Wisteria Society, there were other details for my... There were, like, hints of details for my brain to chew on. But then we got distracted by this argument about, like, you know, who would kill each other first. Yeah. And, like... They never do.
1: Yeah, that's fair. So banter. 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 You like the banter?
0: I do like the banter. Uh, I mean, yeah, snark and banter. Both snark things I'm fan of. Fans See? of. If it's witty banter, even better. This was not overly witty banter. It was witty at times, but not overly witty.
1: Yeah, it's not overly witty. I would put it in the witty banter column, but mm. I would. They go to the same
0: couple jokes too many times for it to be witty banter.
1: Some of it's very witty.
0: Some of it is very witty. Some yes.
1: of the other half is just plain amusing.
0: Right. Like the number of times that Willa refers to Ryder's log jammer.
1: I only noticed the once.
0: It's like eight or nine times. Is it really? It really is. It's enough to where I I picked up on it. Okay. And she couldn't think of any other phallic object to refer to Ryder's genitals in the lumberjacking industry, trees for God's sake.
1: Yeah, he's very focused on the lumberjack. Thing. Yes, she's also very focused on
0: his. Very focused on his beard, which I get. You know, I'm not going to argue with beards.
1: <laughs> we all know that you like beards. They don't
0: know that I like
1: beards. <laughs> well, I know that you like beards. I have un- as I have- as evidenced by your love of Oscar Isaac. I,
0: and yeah, I like Oscar Isaac. I like you uh, and McGregor.
1: You see, yeah, you said the other day that you and McGregor could also get it. I think it's the yeah, beard. yeah, which I mean, fair. Ewan McGregor can get it. Yeah. So it can Oscar Especially Osen. as Obi-Wan. Here's the thing. This is not an Obi-Wan podcast. It's not I an Obi-Wan or a Star Obi-Wan Wars, Obi-Wan Wars podcast. I've not seen Obi-Wan Star Wars podcast. I've not even seen Obi-Wan. But if you have the... Obi-Wan? O- obi <laughs> Obi-Wan. If you have the option between Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor and you don't pick Ewan McGregor... Yeah. What is wrong with you? Get
0: it together, Natalie Portman.
1: <laughs> get it together, Padme.
0: <laughs> Come on. He's right there. Now, granted, I will say it's fair... Because the first time Padme experiences Obi-Wan, this is still not a, an Obi-Wan podcast, but the first time Padme experiences Obi-Wan, he's got that, like, stupid little rat tail.
1: <laughs> that is fair.
0: Like, stupid little Padawan rat tail that they abandon after that. It's like, what the fuck is that? I see that on somebody and I want to avoid them.
1: <laughs> to bring it back to only when it's us, I actually could probably see, like, Ewan McGregor as a very older writer.
0: Much older, yes. Yeah,
1: much older. But, like, you know, if we ever got, like, a... if. Ryder was, like, in his 40s. Ewan McGregor who I'd probably cast him okay, okay. to bring it back.
0: I can see that. He could pull off half-Swedish. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's got, like, he's got... The, the hair color is right.
0: Yeah. And not that hair dye doesn't exist. Not the wigs.
1: But, I mean, the beard. The
0: beard. The he, beard. He can
1: grow out a beard he that can. looks like that and has the same color.
0: Yes. It's very true. To bring it back even further to another bit that I found ridiculous. At one point, she mentions his log jammer poking her in the stomach while they're standing up. And I'm wondering how on earth that's possible. How short is she? How tall is he?
1: Yeah, I don't understand the height difference there. And I honestly... This is something that I have seen in so many romance novels and I have never really thought about it before. But yeah, how big how? of a height difference because you've got like 9 you're 9 inches taller than me Yeah. and your waist <laughs> so is you not at- a different direction. Than that. <laughs> You are.
0: It's not that kind of podcast. It's not that
1: kind of podcast. You are very much taller than me, and your belt is not at my waist. No, the, your belt would not. You know. There's no, just that's no, not, there's that's no. That's way. not how that happens. And if
0: there was, them like leaning, him like leaning in and kissing her would look like him morphing into the <laughs> hunchback of Notre Dame.
1: Yeah. Like I
0: don't... like one of those like shitty like anamorph covers. Just like on the one hand, it's a tall Swedish man. On the other hand, it's Quasimodo. <laughs>
1: and that's the other thing is, is like I've because I, I follow Chloe Lee's on Instagram, and someone asked her like, "You've never really written a short heroine, so all of her heroines are kind of tall." Because she's because Chloe Lee is kind of tall. He's got
0: to be a giant. So
1: how tall is
0: he? <laughs> I mean, like the 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 only Swedish actors I know of offhand are the Skarsgårds, and they're they pretty tall, tall. But Alexander not...
1: Skarsgård is six four.
0: I'm like six two.
1: Yeah, six one.
0: So somebody would have to be significantly shorter.
1: Yeah. And I'm 5'3". You're 6'1". I'm 5'3". Right. And she's supposed to be tall. How does that work? I don't know. I don't know.
0: How does that work? And she mentions it a couple of times.
1: And I've honestly never noticed it in a romance novel. And now I'm never going to be able to not notice it.
0: Yep. There's There's some weird anatomical stuff going on in this book. Because the other thing that was super weird is... There's a lot... Willa describes her nipples a lot. And at one point, she's texting with Ryder... And she describes her nipples as getting taut.
1: Well, he says something very suggestive.
0: And her roommate notices her nipples. Okay. And is like, oh, yeah, you're talking to Ryder. What
1: she the fuck? Also, in the sentence before that, she's like, I, my eyes widen, my eyebrows shoot up, I drop my phone, my nipples turn into taut peaks, and then my roommate smirks and notices and says, are you talking it, to Ryder? It's
0: real implied that Rooney, the roommate is looking at Will's nipple Like, well, it's real implied.
1: In, in that scene, Rooney is just walking around topless, so.
0: The fair deal. <laughs> I don't spend that much time looking at my friends. Maybe <laughs> if I were on a women's soccer team, and I, I, you know, I don't know what women get up to in locker rooms. I'm, I'm a guy. I've never been in a women's locker room. Not, not with well, women well,
1: in not, it. Not with women in it. I really hope not.
0: Not with women in it. I don't know if I've ever, like, been, like, like, I had to go grab something.
1: I mean, is there's really no... if There's, there's not, no reason. There's, there's no difference between a men's locker okay. room and so a I've women's locker room. Okay, so I've never been in room. a women's locker room,
0: and I've never been on a women's soccer team. Maybe things are different. I don't know. All I know is that I don't spend an appreciable amount of time looking at my friend's nipple.
1: I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> as just as a woman. <laughs> as a woman. And, you know, even if you're in a changing room with your best friend, and you're both like, well, you've seen boobs before, so you don't bother... Like trying to hide your boobs to, as you change, you're like, hey, I'm just gonna take my bra off. I don't spend time looking at my friend's nipples. When I
0: change around other people, I want to get into and or out of and back into clothing fast.
1: Even I, I, yes, sometimes, but if I'm, you know, what does it, doesn't always matter. My point is, unless my friend was like, can you look at my nipple? I think it looks weird. Can you tell me if I should go to the doctor or not? <laughs> I'm not looking at my friend's nipples. No,
0: it's weird. <laughs> It's weird.
1: Although I probably would notice if they were wearing a t-shirt and no bra and it got cold, I'd be like, "The party has under control. (laughs) It is noticeable. (laughs) Sure. That is something I would notice.
0: Sure. The other weird thing is in one of the scenes during Christmas, Ryder notices Aiden and Freya doing some stealth groping. And I'm like, bruh. (laughs) There is a Swedish family of, like, a billion people in the room.
1: Because the Bergman family is a big family. There's seven siblings.
0: And, um, just, like... And it's Thanksgiving. Get your shit under control, Aiden. And also Freya, who has, like, one line in this book.
1: A couple lines. Most of them are yelling at her husband. Yeah, being which, fair. Because Aiden's being a dick.
0: So... Yeah, there's some there's some weird stuff. I still kind of doubt, like, the business math, like, why are they... The business math class just threw me off.
1: Business mathematics is a thing.
0: I know it's a thing. It just threw me off.
1: Why did it throw... You have a friend who took a business mathematics class.
0: I'll have to ask him, but it just sounds fake. It sounds fake.
1: Does it matter? All of it's fake. It's a book.
0: Look. You're are you not more wrong. are you more
1: mad about business mathematics which is totally a real class, sounding like a fake class, or about his log jammer pressing into his her stomach, because I don't know how that height difference works. Definitely a ladder. I don't I've never noticed it. I'm never gonna be able to not notice it now. Yep. There's a comparison height check website. I have it every time I'm writing a scene I have that pulled up. At all times. Because yeah. like you can see. In relation, usually for me, it's like where would a person's head be in relation to the other person's neck? Because I, I need to know if they like can nuzzle when they're hugging. Okay. Not for log jammer and stomach. Not for pressing. poking each other in the stomach. Yeah, but that you know it the figure, so you would also be able to see where one's log would be and whether or not it would press into the other person.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't. It's wild. Is there anything we haven't covered? I feel like I've covered a lot of the stuff that I have particularly strong feelings on. Like I said, I don't know if I like this book or if I dislike it, but it has elicited some stronger feelings.
1: Yes, it definitely elicits some strong feelings.
0: Oh, I know what I want to talk about. Around Christmas, when Willa realizes that Ryder knew about her mom, Mm -hmm. she gets irrationally angry for way too long. She gets angry, and that's fair, because she didn't know what was going on, and it's her mom, so she's upset.
1: I mean, she was really angry
0: days. I felt like it took way longer than that. She
1: finds out during Christmas break. Right. And then by Christmas dinner, they're talking to each other again.
0: Oh, okay. Well, then I recant my previous statement. That's a fine amount of time.
1: Yeah, being there, even if it was like a week, I don't know exactly how much time. But I
0: thought it was like a month or two.
1: No, Christmas break. Yeah. Cause
0: okay. Because okay, that Joy was just, moves
1: into the Bergmans. That's just me During Christmas break, and it's a couple days before Christmas because Ryder's been avoiding the house because he knows that Willa is there, and right. he's trying to talk to her to tell her before she just you know walks in and sees him. Out. he's trying to be like. I know.
0: I know your mom. I know your has mom cancer. is sick.
1: I know she's living at my house. Also,
0: get your shit together, Joy. She doesn't tell Willow that she's dying.
1: No, I completely understand that.
0: I sort of do. I. But not really. I
1: kind of. I kind of get it, or at least it's not. If, it's not unrealistic to me, seeing as I have you know found out on that one of my parents had to go to an ER because I someone saw it on Facebook and then texted me about it.
0: That's fair. My
1: parents are klutzy people, so
0: <laughs> That's fair, but I feel like it was understandable until Joy actually Joy's Will's mother's name. I don't think we've actually said that. Until Joy moved into the Bergman house, it was understandable. And then at that point when it was like she's gonna die uh dr bergman knew it Ryder knew it joy knew it
1: I th- willa knew it too because joy didn't just like i mean she did kind of be like i'm dying soon to writer but you're not gonna say that to your daughter but also she's been kind of saying it the entire book of like i'm not gonna be here for much longer you need to go out and live your
0: life yeah but she didn't say it straight out
1: i wouldn't either
0: i absolutely would
1: well it's a different that's fair like I would be, I would say, like I'm not going to be here for very much longer. And honestly, moving out of but the that's hospital, different. moving out of the hospital into essentially hospice—that's hospice, that's how you know that. But you she know. didn't
0: phrase it like that. She didn't phrase it like she was going into hospice care or going into this more comfortable location to die.
1: That's that's exactly how I read that.
0: That might be how you read it. That was not how I read her saying it. Not how,
1: how I, but I mean, how know, I she's read like, her
0: saying it was. This doctor's doing me a favor and the hospital room's expensive, so he's going to continue my care... At his house,
1: I read it as palliative care. I, so
0: I didn't until she got there, or mm. until we got the doctor's perspective.
1: That could also—it is first person. It could be. It could Willa's, be how Willa interprets it. And that's willful true. Willful ignorance.
0: That, that's very true. I, I, regardless, I think Joy needed to have a more frank conversation with her daughter before, like a week before she was she died, because that's fair. Willa learns it by overhearing Ryder reading to Joy. during christmas break and then she dies on new year's yeah
1: yeah no it's what the
0: fuck not to harp on a fictional dead woman but get your (laughs) shit together joy
1: i yes i mean you get you gotta do what you gotta do when you're dying but and that's i'm not gonna harp on her for a dead a fictional dead woman for that i am going to nick to uh writer
0: yes fair i think that's a fair thing to do
1: (laughs) especially since like I want to like her, and I do for the most part. I mean, she's she's funny, and she cares about Willa, and she did save Alex, not Bergman's life, man's last name, the doctor. Because he's not Bergman.
0: Oh, no, he is. No. He's Dr. B.
1: Yeah, Dr. B, and an unpronounceable oh. last name. Bergman is Aelin's last name, and so all the right. kids all took her last name, which... Also, yes, Willa's right. Badass. Sure. And also fair, <laughs> because Ryder tells her, like, oh yeah, my mom was like, if you want to pop up, want me to pop out all these kids, they're taking my last name, <laughs> which is <laughs> queen which energy.
0: does kind of beg the question is there a number of children she would have had where she would have given the children Alex's last name? Honestly. Was, was this a sliding scale? Was it any children I give are going to have the Bergman last name? Or... Bergman
1: is easier to spell. Sure. It'd be, I mean, it's pronounce. fair. It's fair either
0: way. They're they're the children have equal claim to both names.
1: They do, and I understand Bergman. Yeah, and I just, also
0: understand not hyphenating with Bergman
1: because it would just be too many bees. Too many,
0: too long of a name.
1: It is. It's a very long name.
0: I could have sworn Alex's last name. No,
1: he because he didn't change his last name because he was already in the medical field.
0: Oh, okay, and then yeah, he would have have yeah, to change yeah. all of his
1: paperwork and all that, and like yep. change his medical license and all of that. Paper. Changing your last name is annoying, and that's why I didn't do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's fair. Also, Smith is just such a...
1: Yeah, Dallas Smith. I have enough of a Lisp problem. I don't need to try to say that. S is too close to each other. I, I,
0: I can't ever lose the last name because no. I have a suffix. You do. I got a four after my name. My son will have a five, but... I, you know, I'm going to curse him with a rhyming name. It's fine. Just be. I
1: have accepted my fate.
0: Be Sniff the Fifth. Whatever. I understand not hyphenating with Bert. too long.
1: And it's a good last name. Yeah.
0: All right, we've covered a lot of it. Is there anything think... in the A frame we've missed, or anything anywhere else? Um,
1: what did you think of Rooney? Fine. She comes.
0: No, no That's real opinion. Asking... Oh, uh, one thing I do have a comment on is Ryder's roommates.
1: Uh huh.
0: Not really Tucker.
1: Tucker. Like one of them.
0: Yeah. The other one, Bex who we learned about 75% of the way through the book has the full name of
1: Beckett Beckerson. Yeah,
0: Beckett Beckerson, which that's not love.
1: Neither is Philip Phillips.
0: Neither is Philip Phillips. That's Beckett Beckerson person. might be a little worse.
1: No, I think No, Philip Phillip
0: Phillips is worse.
1: <laughs> Philip Phillips yeah. is worse. I said
0: that. I was like, no, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> it doesn't feel right. But yeah, the roommates are fine. They're, they were supporting characters. They they weren't like overly well developed, but I I kind of like that like it was clear that like Ryder and not not Ryder Rooney, but Rooney and Bex had something going on in the background.
1: Which we never hear about again.
0: Really? (laughs) Never hear about it again. I don't know if it's like an actual relationship, but they have like some sort of friendship or relationship or maybe friends with benefits.
1: It, there's something going on. going on. I think they're lab partners. Like They they're, know each other outside lab partners, of right. this. right. And it's clear
0: that they interact outside of this as well.
1: But yeah, we never hear about that again, and I guess spoilers, but Rooney is in the fourth book with one of... So. Okay.
0: Just had to come up with a character, I guess. No, I think... It just the way it works?
1: Just the way it works. Okay. You're like, or, you know, you're like, I gotta have a character, like, you know, I'm planning a series of books, and you pick out, like the people that it's going to follow, whether it be a group of friends or a group of siblings. And you start to write them. You know I'm going to have a book for each of them, but you don't necessarily are going to end up with until... until That's you written Especially if it's, like, the last book. You're like, I don't know who you end up with yet maybe i'll end up coming up with a character that somehow the characters on their own decide that they'd like to so then i have a book to write that's fair these characters have their own mind they do you can outline writing that is not my plan but hmm. that is what you're doing now okay cool that's fair very fair i don't know what it was
0: i think those were my last comments on this book i had some more in-depth ones than a scattershot red White, and world blue A serious society
1: just some random things that i want to point out that are things that i like about chloe lee's books and just the Bergman series in general. She includes a sensitivity note in each book. Sure. Is one of the reasons I enjoy self published books, because that is not a thing that happens in traditional books. And I think that if there are content warnings on television shows and movies, we should do that to books too. It's not a spoiler. Sure. Knowing that knowing that there's a death later in the book doesn't you don't know who. it's not the, the sensitivity note isn't. well as mom dies on page forty seven <laughs> it's there is a death in this book and it's just some yeah, or there is I, violence. It, I think or, they
0: have to be rather precisely written, especially for like what I read, fantasy, like I could probably imply some stuff about plot from a book earlier on, especially if it's a later book.
1: I mean, but, like, when I do reviews of The Wheel of Time, like, I you know, I do content warnings on all of my reviews. Yeah, And I say, content warnings for blood, death, violence, war, right. mental so health.
0: Like those, yes. Absolutely. I just think you need to be precise with your language because if this book had opened up with, it might, actually. I, I don't know if it does or not, but this uh, If this book had opened up with, like, a parent dies, you know, this book deals with the death of a parent, it would have been like, okay, well, Will's mom is definitely dying.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's not necessarily... Like, okay, fine, that's a spoiler, but, like...
0: It's, it's a spoiler. It is not a huge deal for this book where the parent has cancer, but if you have a book with three parents, and you tell me that one of them dies, I'm going to be watching out for which one of them dies.
1: Yeah, and I think that's okay. I think that's better than... Perhaps. You know horrifying someone or causing yes. or causing an, an extreme emotional response.
0: Definitely true.
1: I think that, you know, if you wrote the book, you should put out some content. Sure. And they don't have to be, like, you don't have to read the content warning because it's not, like, no. you you probably skipped right past it and didn't see that it was there.
0: No, I mean, I did read it. It's text in a book. I read almost everything.
1: But, you know, a lot of authors put them on their website. Yeah. And so just, there has to, I feel like there should be a place yeah. Where a reader yeah. who needs to know...
0: Yes, it should definitely like, be something that is available for people. Yeah. For sure. And I don't think that they shouldn't exist, because I think that they definitely should exi- exist. I think there is probably an art to writing them.
1: Yes, I think there is as well. It's, you know, hit or miss, but that's one of the things that I like about this book and the subsequent books, is that there's a yeah. note at the beginning. There is a song at the beginning of each chapter... To make up a playlist, which yep. I think is just fun. I like it. I haven't sure. really listened to the playlist because I can't really quality read. But if I know the song and I read the song, like, oh, I know that song. Ah, oh, that's what might happen in this chapter. That's how this applies.
0: I barely paid attention to those.
1: I just think it's fun. Yep. And you don't see it as much in this book because Vigo's not been m- as much in this book. But there are lots of romance novels references throughout the series, which I just appreciate. Okay. A lot of historical romance. Sure. You get a little, a little bit with the Pride and Prejudice.
0: Yeah, with the Pride and Prejudice, and then she reads romance novels at the A. Yeah.
1: Those were all left there by Vigo. Huh. So- <laughs>
0: okay. Fair.
1: Okay. Yeah, it just it's fun. I like it. These, and, you know, this just things I like about this. Sure. I think that we did cover a lot. We didn't go too much in depth into what really happens at the A-frame,
0: but... We basically covered the main... They, they start... They fuck. They open up to each other. They fuck some... Yeah. They decide to be a couple. Yeah. And then the epilogue is, like, Willa fretting over getting accepted to a soccer league in Washington and asking Ryder to come with her and, she, and he's like yeah
1: yeah I mean he wants to move to Washington anyway right. that's what he wants to do he wants he wants a store that focuses on not necessarily focuses on but he wants his store to be a resource for other people to go to yeah. Yeah. you don't have you only have half a leg or you are deaf doesn't mean you can't go on a hike right and that's what he wants to yeah. be known for which I think is a, he, I liked that I liked that he was able to kind of turn this thing happened to him into a new life plan yeah like he he was able to roll with it, right? Which is nice. Yeah.
0: So that was I think that's everything or everything worth covering. I think so. Not everything in this book is worth covering.
1: The roommates do shave writer's beard at some point. They I think do. that that is something of note. <laughs>
0: I don't know how, because I would have absolutely woken up.
1: I think that he was knocked out with melatonin or something. I still would not Yeah, but you're a light sleeper. I guess. I don't know. It's just funny to me. They they shaved the middle of his beard off.
0: Yeah, well, that's one way to enforce that <laughs> the rest of the beard's getting shaved off. They're
1: like, unless you want mutton chops. And he's like, I do. Yep.
0: So. Fair. Everybody's an asshole.
1: Everyone's an asshole, and I love it.
0: All right, let's do some recurring segments.
1: So what is your favorite moment? I think the having...
0: Most of the family together at Christmas. Like you got a you got a picture of like how they interact as a family. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. I, I actually I really liked Elin. Even it was painfully obvious that's like she's Swedish. She's Swedish. She's Swedish. She's Swedish. Like every single line has some sort of Swedish endearment in it. No one speaks with endearments every sentence. Especially not Swedish people.
1: That's fair. Um, my favorite moment. Not really favorite moment, but or favorite thing. There isn't a third act breakup. Really.
0: I saw you, that you wrote that and i also really like that as well
1: some books need a third act breakup i don't hate them as much as some people do i think some books it just makes sense i don't like them in some books you just need like they need to have some sort of separation it doesn't make sense like but some books absolutely don't make sense if there is one and i think this is one of those books and i like that the conflict more had to do with their individual internal struggles rather than the internal struggle as of them as a couple yeah like it's focused on willa has to deal with her stuff and Ryder has to deal with his stuff and then they're able to come together but they weren't together before and then broke up because they realized they had to.
0: yeah sometimes
1: yeah. the sometimes a third act breakup is what the characters need sometimes they sure. need there needs to be some sort of conflict of separation but sure. and they are separated in a way but it's not really a breakup it's no. done very differently and i enjoy it
0: yeah I, th- I think that was good as well. Alrighty, that was Only When It's Us, Chloe Lee. In two weeks, we're going to start on book four, The Wheel of Time, The Shadow Rising. It's a long one. Good. It's a long Wheel of Time book. Good. Brace yourselves. Bye.
1: Bye.